You're listening to the My Happy Mind Conversations podcast, where we talk all about how you can build your child's resilience, self-esteem, and happiness. I'm your host, Laura Earnshaw, the founder of My Happy Mind, and I am totally dedicated to helping you become the best parent or carer that you can be. We're proudly impacting over half a million children now in our programs in schools, nurseries, and homes. And today, I'm going to be sharing some of those tips with you. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Happy Mind Conversations, episode 62, Parenting Through Challenges. Now, this is a goodie today because what I'm trying to do as I bring you this episode is really reflect some of the most common mistakes that we see parents making when their children are facing challenges. And I bring you these mistakes so that you can learn from them and you can grow from them and hopefully avoid making these mistakes too. Because let's be honest, all of our children, or if you're a teacher listening to this, all of the children that you teach will at some point come up against a challenge. As much as we would love for them to sail through life with never having a challenge or a difficulty, it's just not a reality, is it? It's just not going to happen. And so one of the things that we can really make sure we're focused on as parents is thinking about how, when our children go through those challenges, we make the best of them. And how, when our children face challenges, it's not just about survival. It's actually about learning how to get the best from that experience and how to grow from that experience. You'll have heard me talk before about not just surviving, but thriving. And this is really, really important because actually when it comes to resilience, one of the best ways for our children to build resilience and to build self-esteem is to come through challenges. It's when we come through challenges and when we overcome challenges that we grow and we get stronger. It's when we go through challenges and we overcome challenges that we realize that we can do that. And then the next time we face a challenge, it's a little bit easier because we've developed some tools and some skills and the self-esteem to believe in ourselves that we can get through challenges again. So given that, given that we know that so many lessons and so much positivity can come on the other side of challenges, what are some of the biggest mistakes that we see parents making as they face them? Now, I have a big families program now. Thousands of families have come through that program and we spend a lot of time talking in that program around strategies to face challenges. And in our coaching sessions, which I hold weekly with our members, again, that's what tends to come up. My child's struggling with this. How do I help them, right? My child's struggling with a friendship at school or my child's lost their motivation for learning or all of a sudden my child started having big emotional outbursts. What do I do? How do I deal with it, right? So parents tend to come to me with these challenges, which is why I'm able to talk to you today about so many of the mistakes I see them making and so much of the support I give them is around just kind of course correcting them. Yes, with strategies that we teach inside the My Happy Mind for Families program, but also with a reframe for them about how to best use this opportunity to help their child to grow. So I want to talk to you today about the three most kind of common mistakes that I see in terms of how parents are approaching these challenges. Again, as I said, right at the beginning, so that you guys can try and kind of reflect on these and think about whether they resonate for you as well. 
So let's dive in. Let's dive into the first challenge, which is really that what we see parents doing when our children are struggling is jumping in too quick to rescue them rather than letting them gently guiding them and letting them work it out for themselves. Let me say a bit more about this. You know, when our children are babies and they first arrive in this world, we do everything for them. They are totally reliant upon us for food, for water, for care, for love, for everything, right? And so we develop this relationship, this connection with our child, which is of unequivocal support. It's of unequivocal helping them, right? We'll help them with anything because if we don't, no one else can. They can't yet help themselves. So when they need food, we feed them. They can't go and grab a snack. When they need to go to the bathroom, we clean them because they can't do that on their own. Here's the thing though, as they get older and as they become more independent, sometimes we continue to be that everything to them. We continue to do everything for them and we don't necessarily detach where it's appropriate from offering them that support. So we wouldn't dream of saying to a 10 year old if they said they were hungry, okay, let me prepare you a snack. Or maybe we would if we were feeling kind, but we're more likely to say, okay, go grab a snack. We certainly won't be feeding our 10 year old um, themselves. We would be asking them to do that. Likewise, with other things, we start to give our children more responsibility, more independence, and we start to help our children less with those things that we know they're capable of. So practical examples are easier to think about here. But what can happen too is that we continue to give our children support emotionally on those things that they may be able to figure out from themselves. So let's take the example of a child who may be struggling with a friendship issue. It can be really tempting, and one of the things lots of my um, parents will do is to go straight into school or to um, tell their child just never to speak to that child again, right? So to give them these strategies that are actually about avoidance of the situation or avoiding our child having to deal with the situation themselves. And actually, one of the things that's really important to do at the right times is to allow our children to play with or to experiment with doing some of that themselves. So let's stay with that friendship example. What if rather than us jumping to the rescue and going in to see the school and and, and telling our child just not to speak to them, what if instead we were able to gently guide our child on how to have the right conversation with that child. A couple of things are gonna happen if we take that approach, if we take the coaching our child approach versus the rescuing our child approach, a couple of things are gonna happen. The first thing that's gonna happen is that through that process, your child is gonna have learned a new tool and a new skill of how to deal with things when there's challenges, how to deal with conflict, right? It happens in life. The second thing that's going to happen is you're actually going to build their resilience and their self-esteem because when they are coached through that experience and they have that conversation and they resolve that situation with that friendship challenge, what happens for them is they say, wow, I can deal with this stuff myself. I can do hard things, right? I can have difficult conversations. I can resolve things for myself. And then the next time they face a conflict, they remember that they have that toolkit and they're better able to respond versus you rescuing them and dealing with it for them 
in which case they miss that whole opportunity to develop those skills and they may feel this dependency on you to resolve conflict. Now, of course, depending on their age and depending on the gravity of the conflict, this advice might change or might vary. But in essence, what I'm trying to share here is that as parents, we need to be really careful that we don't jump into rescue if it's a situation that our child can manage themselves with some gentle coaching and support and if it's a situation that will allow them to grow and build their self-esteem. And all too often with the parents that I coach inside our families programme, we find that they are jumping in too soon. They're not necessarily giving their children the space. They're not necessarily giving their children the opportunity to work through these things themselves with some gentle coaching. So that's number one. So let me ask you this. Is this resonating for you? Do you think there's been examples where you've jumped in too soon too where you've jumped to rescue rather than jump to coach have a think about that and, and let me know the second area that I want to talk about that I see a lot is almost the flip side of this which is really really interesting and in fact just this week I was coaching one of our family's members through this she'd had a really traumatic experience with her child's first day at school um, her little one had um, unfortunately wet themselves and the school had not um, encouraged them despite the mum having let them know that this was a risk had not encouraged this um, little one to go to the loo so they'd not gone to the loo all day because it was their first day of reception and they were scared they didn't know where the loo was and they'd ended up um, having an accident which is obviously really traumatic both for the child but also for the parent to kind of experience that and, and see that happening and so we were talking it through, talking about strategies of, of what mum could do to, to support him, to help with the reintegration. And what was really interesting in this conversation, and this is just one of hundreds of similar conversations that I've had, is that the mum felt like she couldn't go into school. So her perspective was, I don't want to be that mum. I don't want to be that mum who in the first week of school goes in and complains. Right? I don't want to be seen as that parent who always has a problem to raise. I think her child had been in the nursery in school before and there'd been other things that had gone on and she was really, really keen that she wasn't perceived in a certain way by the school. And so the conversation I had with her was very clearly, this is absolutely something that you need to go and get some further support on with the school. But what was interesting is that there was all of these preconceived stories in this mum's head and as I said, in many other parents' heads that I've spoken to before of, but we should be able to deal with this ourselves. I don't want to bother the school. And so the second kind of biggest mistake that I see parents making, as evidence through this example, but there's many others as well, is that we don't seek the support that we need when our kids are really struggling. And that support can come from many places. You know, it can come from school, as in that example, but it can also be about asking other mums for support, asking family for support, you know, quite often I'll hear from our parents that they're having real issues with an older sibling. And often the older sibling is struggling because they're not getting enough attention, right? They're not getting enough space with mum and dad or with mum or with dad because the younger ones take up so much time. That's a really common thing that we work through. And one of the things that's really helpful for that is trying to establish some more one-to-one -one time with the eldest. And often my mums will say, but I can't do that. How do I ever get the time? I've got three kids, I'm busy, I work. And when I gently suggest that they ask for some support, whether it's from a friend or from a parent, all of a sudden they're like, 
oh yeah, I guess I could do that, but you know, I don't want to put on anyone. I don't want to be a burden. And again, it's this sense of we need to sometimes ask for support. It's okay to ask for support. And let me tell you this, most people that you ask to help you will do so gladly. In fact, as human beings, we love to help others. So we should never shy away from asking the question, can you give me a little bit of support here? Can you give me a little bit of help? I'm going through a challenge with one of my children. I could really use some support. So one of the biggest mistakes I see parents make, which I encourage you to really reflect on again, is not asking for help. Because we care too much sometimes about what others might think about how we might be judged. But actually sometimes a little bit of support is all we need to help us get through that challenge. And the third and final parenting challenge or parenting mistake I see many parents making when their children go through a challenge is that they don't celebrate it when they grow through the challenge. Okay, so often what happens is, as I alluded to in the first mistake, you know, when children are able to come through challenges, which they invariably do, it's really important that we give them the opportunity and the space to grow from that challenge. So this isn't just about going through it. It's not just about getting through it. It's not just about survival. It's about using this experience as an opportunity to grow. And the way that we do that, and we talk about this a lot in the My Happy Mind for Families program, the way that we do that is by really making sure that after the experience is over or as the experience is happening and our children are getting some wins and they're managing it and they're having some successes in getting through that challenge is that we're debriefing with our children. You know, the power of the debrief is extraordinary because a debrief, and again, I go into this in lots of detail in our program, but a debrief is really when we stop and reflect on the things that have gone really well and the things that we've learned and the things that we can do differently next time. And when you do that with a child, what you're doing is reinforcing those amazing tools that they've developed, those amazing strategies that they've developed. You're reinforcing those in their brain. And guess what else you're doing? you're building their self-esteem. So it's really, really important that when we go through a challenge, we make sure our children are growing through a challenge. But what many parents do, and this, this comes up a lot because often in our coaching calls, somebody will come on and a couple of weeks previous, they might have told me about a challenge that their child was having and I'll coach them through it. And they'll come on and they're on to the next thing. And I'll say, oh, wait, 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 hang on a minute. How's it going now with the sleepwalking? Or how's it going now with the friendship issue? Or how's it going now with the ticks? Or how's it going now with the meltdowns? And they'll be like, oh yeah, it's great, sorted now. Your advice worked. And they'll be like, okay, great. So what did your child learn from it? How did the debrief go? And they'll be like, oh yeah, we've not done that yet. Sorry, we're like on to the next thing. And I get it, life's busy, right? And we're hectic. And I think when our children come through a challenge, often we're just so relieved that it's finished with and that they've been okay that we almost have this fear about bringing it up again. We almost have this fear about recycling it because we think, oh gosh, they're done with that. I don't want to bring it up. I don't want to make it worse again. That's a massive missed opportunity. A massive missed opportunity because when our children go through these challenges, when our children experience these things there is so much gold in that in terms of building their resilience and building their self-esteem so there you have it 
the three most common mistakes I see parents making when their children are facing challenges. Number one, we jump too quickly to the rescue rather than coaching them through it. Number two, we don't ask for help and support. And number three, once it's over, we just put it behind us rather than celebrating the wins. So I hope this has been a juicy episode for you and an opportunity to really stop and think about how you parent through challenges, how you approach them, and maybe giving you some ideas for how you might do that moving forward. If you've enjoyed this content, I really, really want to encourage you to sign up for my free live upcoming online event called Happiness Hacks Live. This is the first time I've ever run this event and I am so excited about it. There's going to be so much gold in there. You will see a link somewhere around this episode to sign up. So make sure you grab your spot and share it with any friends that you think might enjoy it too. I will see you really soon. Take care and bye for now. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the My Happy Mind Conversations podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review and a comment below and I'll be back next week with more science-backed secrets to building happy and resilient children. Don't forget you can come and follow me at My Happy Mind on Facebook and Instagram. Take care.